this week we wanted to talk about what kinds of reverb, delay, and other effects plugins we actually use on the vocals that we record and mix. I think it would also be a good idea to not only tell you what we use, but like why we choose these things and what we typically use them for. This is the Self-Recording Band Podcast, the show where we help you make exciting records on your own, wherever you are, DIY style. Let's go. Hello and welcome to the Self-Recording Band Podcast. I'm your host, Benedict Tyne, and I'm here with my friend and co-host, Malcolm Owen Flood. How are you, Malcolm? Hey, Benny. I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good, too. Thank you. <laughs> There's something that I'm really excited about today that I want to talk about right away just because it got me... It's one of the things... Usually, I'm not getting too excited over new gear or plugins that come out and stuff like that. Uh. But my favorite drum sample company in the world, Room Sound, released a new library, the Kurt Blue Signature uh, Library Volume 2. I have the original one okay. and I already loved it, but this Volume yep. 2 that they just put out, I don't know if you've if you've seen that or if you've played around with it or something. It's just insane. That, no. I've, I've, uh, I got it a little before it came out, so uh, just to check it out and so that they were sending me a, yeah, a license, basically. I think I can say that. And um, I played around with it and it was just so mind blowing, so fantastic. I haven't checked out everything that it can do yet, but like from what I've what I've heard already and what I've done with it, it's it's insane. And I want to, wanted to talk about it real quick because uh, you know we all buy plugins basically all the time, even though we tell you to, <laughs> you shouldn't do that. <laughs> and usually I don't talk about it because it doesn't really matter that much. But in this case, I'm so excited about this because it's really that good. And uh, so yeah, that's basically all I have to say. You have to check it out for yourself. It's the amount of of I don't know the detail that went into this, like how realistic it is when it comes to the articulations, the velocities. It's it's the yeah the most realistic sounding one that I've ever heard, and it's so awesome. versatile. It was tracked at Steve Albini's Electric Audio. Um, it's called Electric Audio, I think. So yeah, um, studio where they used like all of the all of his live rooms, I think, and you can like choose between those rooms, and then you can choose between whether the samples have been tracked to the computer or to tape and like stuff like that, and yeah, just the engine behind it, the the humanization or whatever it's called it's it's incredible i'm enjoying it so much awesome. so people if you want to go check that out i have an affiliate link for that so full disclosure if you buy that through that link it's going to cost you the same amount but i get uh compensated so if you go to the selfrecordingband.com slash room sound um, you can get that library i i don't know if there's a trial or something but just go there and check it out it's not super expensive anyways and now um because it's brand new they offer a discount for a certain amount of time i think so that's why I wanted to mention it in today's episode. And yeah, really just try it for yourself. Don't take my word for it. But I promise you, it's it's really, really great. <laughs> that's what, what I wanted to Fantastic. say at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, I, I do want to check that out because I did hear like the, I got the email about it and then I listened to like the first demo audio clip I could find just quickly clicking on the link and it sounded killer. Um, but that, that's all I've managed to look into it so far. So I'm glad that you've actually gotten to dig into it a little bit. Um, yeah. And I, I know that they're like already kind of the leader in like this in great drum <laughs> samples and 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 engines um i mean they're kind of the underdog but really they're yeah. the best <laughs> yeah totally and, <laughs> and i can they're tell you they're not the biggest but like they're no. the quality yeah and i can tell you a couple of things uh, why i actually think that it's so great so first of all the one one detail that a lot of companies miss for some weird reason is that they don't just make this for you to be able to program drums, but they have the sample replacement or like the sample enhancement in mind, which means every single sample is cut like to the sample like really accurately. 
so that it always lines up perfectly and is never basically out of phase once you get it right. Because with some of the other libraries, I won't name like say names here, but some major companies that I've used before, when you trigger those samples and you try to blend it with your existing ones, every other hit will be out of phase just because the samples mm-hmm. are not cut accurately. Like There will be a tiny gap for one sample and then they cut into the next sample and stuff like that. And with the room zone stuff, it's like absolutely accurate. It's insane like how detailed that is. If you look, if you print them and look at them, it's accurate, period. So that is one thing. Then the other thing is that the symbols sound fantastic, which is not always the case with a lot of these libraries. Yeah. Um, I like that. The way the sustain, like when you have a, a ride part where the, the, the ride symbol just keeps on ringing into the next hit and stuff like that, that is so ridiculously realistic in this library that it's just super crazy to me how that works. That is one thing, one, another thing. And then, I don't know, it's just the, the, yeah, also the velocities. The fact that like you can use them up to 127 and it doesn't sound ridiculous like it's, you know, you can use the whole range and you can program loud hits as loud hits. Whereas with some libraries, if you use 127, it's it's like choking the drum because they sample it so hard. Like they hit way harder than any drummer would ever do. And a 127 on those is actually still sounding like a drum and like one that's been it's actually been played. So there's right. these minor details that just make them so great to me. And they spend like a crazy amount of time on these libraries, which is probably a reason, I don't know, but that might be a reason of why they aren't the biggest because it would be more profitable probably to do it quickly and release more stuff you know but they put like two or three years into developing such a library I think I think in the Kurt Ballou case now they said it's like three years in the making or something wild yeah totally wild and and the other thing about the Kurt Ballou thing is the first one he made was great already but that sounded a lot like Kurt Ballou, which is cool if you like that but it's it was really like a, a signature sound that if you don't didn't want that it you there was kind of no way around it. It was to me, it was not very versatile, and others might think differently. But to me, it always sounded like Kerpaloo. I like it, but not on every project. This one now mm. can sound like Kerpaloo, but it's also very versatile, which is pretty cool. So yeah, I'm gonna have to dig into it. All that said, today's yes. topic is not about drums at no. all. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> I, have I just my wanted own, to mention uh, that because I got so excited about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get it. I get thing. it. Yeah, that's all from all that. That's all basically from my end to for the banter. This, this uh, I have my own software thing that I want to talk about, but I, I, I'm going to save it for the the banter of next episode because I know we're going to record one right after this. So I'm okay, saving cool. it. No. <laughs> Tune in next cool. week for more random gear talk. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, any any other any things you wanted to talk about before we dive into this? I haven't even asked you what you did this this weekend. I mean, I have before the episode, but not on the show. So no, not really. Uh, I mean, I had a great week, but it's just not. There's not a not a thing that I did this week is relevant to our audience. <laughs> it was like <laughs> a lot of hanging out this. with friends, going on hikes and runs, and uh, I mean uh, stuff we actually talk about on this podcast all the time. Yeah, <laughs> but, but that's say, not topical. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Okay, cool, uh, great. Yeah, then uh, I guess let's dive into this, right? Let's do it. Yeah, cool. So yeah, last week uh, we talked about the importance of a good headphone mix and a couple of things that you can do to create that headphone mix for your singer. And that included using reverb and delay to make the vocal sound good and sit in the mix better right away uh, while you're tracking. Now, this week we wanted to talk about what kinds of reverb, delay, and other effects plugins we actually use on the vocals uh, that we record and mix. I think it would also be a good idea to not only tell you what we use, but like why we choose these things and what we typically use them for so in my i don't know about you malcolm in my case what i use during like tracking for the headphone mix and for my own mix together in the ballpark is pretty similar to what i use in the mix anyway so the the two are basically the same or it's like the same sort of template that i use i don't use the same settings all the time of course but like the starting points are kind of the same 
And yeah, this is what I want to talk about. And I think this can, this episode, as always, can help you provide, like, can help you get to starting points. This is something I always have to say because it's not a, this is how you do it or these are the effects you should use. But these are our preferences and they're going to be different between Monkham and I. And, and these are starting points and nothing else like inspiration, something you can try. Some of the stuff might work for you. Other things might not work for you. That's totally normal. This is just what we use and something to, to think about, I think. Anything to add to that? Yeah. Is it the same for you, like that you use similar things for tracking and mixing, for example? Yes, if not exactly like it, because I, I tend to spend quite a bit of time when setting up a vocal session to find the f- effects that like really make it sound finished to me. So it's not uncommon for me to then, when I'm prepping for a mix, make sure I Im- import that aux exactly as it was um, so that it's like tweaked to that that same amount and in same settings because it's like instrumental in in how we built the vocal arrangement and stuff like that. If it's a like delay heavy song, for example, it's like, all right, that delay is mm. exactly what I want. We're going to start with that in the mix rather than just going back to the default and have to do it again. So yes, I, I, I'm kind of on the same page. And even if I didn't do that and I was just going to be starting from scratch, it's probably the same plugin that I'm using. Like the, the plugins that live in my vocal templates are the ones that I use 99.9% of the time in the mix as well. Awesome. Perfect. And one thing I wanted to say also before we dive into the specifics, the way I thought about this episode was that I wanted to talk about effects, like things that you would have on a send return sort of configuration or use the wet dry knob on the plugin, but like things like chorus, delay, reverb, stuff like that that you would use in, let's say, parallel, quote-unquote parallel. Not so much like the compression, EQ, and that sort of stuff. I think that's a different kind of effect. So I'm not talking about that. So in case you're wondering about our compressors or EQs and stuff like that, that's not going to be covered in this episode. We're going to talk about the effects that we use and why we yeah, use them. Yeah, cool. Because there's different reasons behind uh, using one of these things. So you can use plugins, for example, to create space, to create a sense of space and depth. You can use plugins to create um, width. So you can you can think about like depth in terms of like front and back. You can think about width. You can think about creating a space around your vocal. There's effects that are an audible effect. Then there's things that are like rather subtle that just make a vocal sit in the mix better without being an audible effect. Then there's things that cause that that change the character a little bit of the vocal. Then you know these. So it's important to to know not only what we use but why we use it and what we try to achieve with that because there's different goals that you can achieve with those with those plugins. I think at least th- that's the way I think about it. Well, out of curiosity, do you think we want to talk about because our last episode was really about tracking vocals and mm-hmm. getting stuff ready for that? Are, are you wanting to talk about the effects we use in that situation, or what about the effects templates that you have ready for just a mix when when you're importing songs for a mix? Is it kind of one and the same? Yeah. Um, that's what I right. what I was trying to say in the beginning. Like these are these are basically the same. So we can, I might not use all of the the stuff that I use in a mix. I might not use all of that when I'm tracking. I would yeah. just use one or two. But yeah, I, I, they're there ready. They are there ready. Yeah, in case we need them. And um, we're gonna get to we're gonna get to why they why you should have those ready. I think. Told it. Yeah. Like just so that's clear. It's like we've got a bunch of oxes set up with these effects. And yeah, while we're tracking, we might not use all of them, and we might not use all of them in the final mix either. But it's like the same oxes are there ready and we know we know the flavors of each of them. It's like choosing ingredients from a spice rack or something if you're a cook. It's yeah. like, okay, well, I know what this one's going to do. It's going to make it spicy. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. And I think in order for you to get the most out of this episode, if you're like just starting out, it might be worth 
learning a bit about rooting, like routing. What is it actually called? Is it rooting or routing? I actually routing. wonder that every single time. Routing, yeah. Well, at least up in Canada, it's routing. I wonder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes we say. I think things I heard wrong. someone say routing before, but like, yeah, routing. Okay, so learn about that first if you don't know the basics there, because it really helps understand signal flow and everything and what we're trying to do. Because you might be wondering, you might be thinking about like just the plugins on your vocal track, and what we say is that you can you can do that. That's why, but that's too much for this episode. So that's why I'm saying. Learn about the basics of signal flow first, maybe if you're if you're not really familiar with that, because then it will make yep. much more sense. Because basically, what we're doing is we're setting up tracks with these effects on them that we can then send our vocal to if we need them, and then blend those effects with the dry vocal. That's what we do. And if you're not not sure how to do that, this would be something I would check out first, I guess. Yeah, it is yeah. pretty important actually because they're being run. Uh, in parallel, not it, like not linear. It's not linear. So it's like you know, if we run add a delay right onto the lead vocal track, not on an aux, and then add a reverb, that delay is feeding our reverb, which isn't necessarily the case if we set up a bunch of auxes yeah. that run in parallel with our lead vocal. They're independent of each other. So I mean, there's pros and cons for both. It's just yes. a different sound, of course, but it's much easier to control what's happening if you have the auxes set up. Yeah, as always, being intentional is is important, and in order f- to be able to do that, you have to understand how it works. So yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and okay. oxes are definitely mm-hmm. considered a best practice, I would say yeah. as well. So even if you're getting good results with just throwing it on, you want to understand and uh, yeah, like like Benny said, familiarize yourself with routing, and uh, and just being able to get that set up quickly. Yeah, for sure. All right, so with that out of the way, let's start with maybe the ones that we kind of always use, or like the ones that we reach reach first. All right. So we could start with reverb. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the first one, thing people can consider, I think. Not the first thing I consider, but I think first thing most people consider. <laughs> yeah. So my reverb that lives on uh, like my go-to reverb bus is Valhalla. Valhalla DSP is the company. But, yeah, oh, Vintage so. Verb. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just always call it Valhalla. And I was like, well, actually, what is the name of that plugin? <laughs> yeah, they have different ones. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, no. Valhalla Vintage Verb is my go-to reverb and has been for like so many years. It's incredible. <laughs> I can't believe I still love it as much as I did when I first tried it. It is hugely tweakable, very fast sounding, um, and and just yeah, like it, and pretty easy to easy to manipulate. I would say as well. Plus, it looks so cool. <laughs> Which helps you be interested in it. Um, yeah, but yeah, like that. That is my my go to reverb on everything essentially other than drums and uh we're talking about vocals today and i think it's fantastic for that yeah like that's that's the one and it doesn't matter if i'm looking for a short a short or a long reverb that's the one i'm reaching for honestly there's one more but i'm curious is what's what's your main reverb that you always have living there i love and use the verb suits um verb suit classics i think it's called uh, oh yeah that's great reverb. that is awesome um because it, it actually it has all the, the 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 famous common like reverb units built into one plugin, basically, or simulations mm-hmm. of that, or like captures of that. I should say. I think it's some some type of IR. It's not exactly an IR, but they use some some proprietary, I think, technology to capture those devices and then reproduce them. So I really like that because it's so flexible, and I can reach for whatever reverb unit I want and any any patch on that, any any preset, basically. 
and then I can tweak from there. So this is one that I that I always reach to. Uh, I like the Valhalla stuff too, though. But the first one I reach out for these days is the the Verbsuit Classics. Yeah, very nice. Um, yeah. Now, so we're talking about templates. Do you have like a plate and a room and like kind of separated buses like that, or do is it just one that's called Verb and you just select what you're looking for from the the plugin itself? Okay, so specifically for vocals, I have one one aux that's called Vox Verb in my template. Yep, that has a plate on it usually as a starting point the first thing i try is a plate most of the time like Me too. except with the exception of a couple of projects where i know it's not going to work but that's my go to but then i have that might be a little different from from what a lot of people do a lot of people do i have a couple of general like reverb tracks in my template that i can use for vocals or for other things and these are right. things like a a small room a medium room a big room a large hall, a small hall, a medium hall, a spring yeah. reverb, like all these types of verbs are on their own channel, which seems like overkill, but they are not active until I choose to use them, but they are there. And so if I end up not liking my Vox verb thing that I have, I have a couple of op- options on that track. But if I don't like any of them and I want to do something completely different, I can reach for one of the others. I can choose a room or a spring or, uh, as I said, or a hall or something like that that's already sitting there. But I'm not always using that on vocals. I might use it on anything that it needs it, that needs it. So yeah, but but specifically for vocals, I have one Vox Verb track, and in I don't know eighty percent of all mixes, that's the one I'm gonna use. Not not always the same setting, but that channel. Yeah, that track. Yeah, that, that that's uh, yeah, about the same for me in the vocal side of things. That it's the the one, and it's so quick to use the plugin. Like I said, it's a really great user interface on Valhalla uh, Vintage yeah. Verb just to quickly change it and manipulate it to what I want. I do have one more. I have two verbs sitting mm-hmm. on auxes, two different ones. Mm-hmm. And one is, yep, yeah, is Valhalla set to a plate as a default with a pretty long pre-delay. That's kind of a thing I like. And then the other one is uh, the Eventide Reverb 2016 plugin. Um, oh yeah, or, that's no, a great one is, is, That's almost the name of it. I uh, got that wrong. 2016 Stereo Room plugin and it 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 just sounds pretty real right out of the box kind of thing where valhalla sounds larger than life in its usual default settings so i actually usually kind of end up using a mix of both of those where i'll use the eventide one to kind of just get like bring some natural room back into things because a lot of vocals are recorded really dead which is how i like it (laughs) don't get mistaken i don't want more room in the vocal and then i'll uh, find that like kind of like pro shimmery reverb with Valhalla. That's that's kind of my usual stereo setup or stereo reverb setup. All right, cool. Yeah, that's that sounds great. I think blending two reverbs can be a great move. I do a similar thing but just not with the reverb. <laughs> Interestingly, so we, yeah. we'll get to that. Like um I use something else as a reverb basically, but we we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, blending those different textures or sizes or whatever you want to call it um makes total sense because again, th- there's different things that you want to achieve. As you said, one is like the big larger than life shimmer um and probably mm-hmm. a, an audible reverb tail also to that basically. And one could be a more subtle thing that just makes it sit in the mix better. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, now, so the, <laughs> I think we're going to stumble naturally onto what you were just alluding to. Uh, yeah. I, I said earlier that I think most people consider reverb first uh, when they're kind of getting effects in on a, pl- on a vocal. Personally, and I wonder about you, Benny, I wouldn't be surprised if you agree. It's a. It's going to be a delay for me. That's the first thing I'm reaching for usually. Yep. Same here. Um, right, yeah. You're the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And same here. I am usually much happier if 
I get the delays living how, where I want, and they're kind of adding enough space and wetness that like the the reverb is like a could take it or leave it situation. Um, yeah, it, it's it's not crucial once I have delays how I want them. Where if I don't have delays, I end up using a lot of reverb trying to like compensate for that <laughs> and it's way muddier i in, in a lot of cases i think but i mean there's there's no one size fits all obviously especially in this topic but uh yeah my, my first choice is to reach for a slap delay is actually the first thing i like to find yep same here yeah <laughs> all right so, <laughs> so next question would be then is it a mono slap delay or is it a stereo slap delay it's usually a stereo but I have been playing with mono recently for sure. Um, both are great. Both are yeah. awesome. Yeah, my uh, just to to drop the, the my go to delay plugin mm-hmm. is the Echo Boy by Sound Toys. Probably the most popular thing out there. I think um, great plugin, very versatile again, and and very easy to manipulate. Once again, um, it's kind of like a this box does it all kind of situation, which is great. But and I know I've talked about this plugin on previous episodes, and especially on my mixes unpacked with uh, what Futures Tomb. There's uh, the Plexi Tape one by Audio- Auditory, mm-hmm. I think. That is a super cool delay plugin, obviously modeled after a Plexi. And I find like using that in mono is a really cool sound as well. So within within the last like six months, I've built a, that into my, my template as well, just to always have that plugin sitting there. Cool, very cool. Yeah, so ex- actually, exactly the same here. I use Echo Boy, Stereo Slap Delay is the first thing I reach for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder how you use it or what you use it for. To me, it's not really an audible slap delay like you would, like like an Elvis type of thing or where you yep. like, use yeah, this in effect. It's not, it's not that. I use it to put the the vocal in a, into a room in a weird way. It's like, yeah. I could use a small room patch or something or i could use an ir and sometimes i do that but like usually i like the like one echo like a very very short one on the left and slightly right uh, longer on the right is actually what i use so it might be i don't know 80 milliseconds left and 120 right or something like that and i do that i filter the lows and highs a bit because i don't want weird s sounds from the sides and i don't need the low end too so it's kind of kind of a lo-fi thing that blends well. And what that does is it actually, if you don't turn it up too loud, it actually just sounds like a room. It's like one reflection that just puts a little bit of, not really space around it, but that just moves the vocal into the mix more for me. It just makes it sound less mm-hmm. awkward and like less dry and upfront. And I have to use way less reverb if I do that. It just sits better immediately. It gets a little wider. And and if I do that with reverb, I could, as I said, do a similar thing with uh, like a room sound or an IR or something. But that sort of, muddies up the mix a little more it's just not one reflection it's a little longer than that always and i just want that one thing without cluttering anything and that's what a delay does for me basically just immediately sits better and uh, i find myself having to use uh, way less reverb when i do that yeah yeah that uh uh, stereo room 2016 plugin i mentioned that's kind of like my natural reverb it doesn't get turned on if the if the slap delay does the job really it's like that's what I'm hoping to accomplish as well. And that plexi tape one I mentioned, that is the Elvis sound. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's yes. the one I like to push when I want that really like obvious slap kind of thing. Yeah, um, but yeah, if I just sure. want it to kind of be a little wider and sit in the mix a little bit more, it's gonna be the Echo Boy one. Some some easy tips on that to like that I find really great are what you mentioned with filtering. Um, I definitely roll off like a lot of high end, for example. But then I use the saturation quite a bit too mm-hmm. to 
to, which just darkens it up and and saturates it, obviously. And then uh, play with the the reverb styles. So again, it kind of models all these different types of reverbs as well, like a memory man. Or, mean, right? It can do a plexi as well, stuff like that. Do you have a, a favorite? that you, you like to reach for first? Yeah, actually, I use a pretty boring one. I just use the dual echo digital delay thing, oh, yeah. the standard yeah. one, because I just roll off highs and lows, saturate a bit, and that's it. So I'm not going. I'm not looking for an obvious effect there. If I, if I want to do something like that, I might choose something else. But for my go-to, I pretty, want it to sound pretty much the same as the lead vocal, just with a, a bit more lo-fi, and then uh, it sits well, like nicely behind the lead vocal. So nothing, nothing fancy there. All right. Yeah, I... I reach for the the plexi again, and I I realize I've seen said plexi like a hundred times in this episode already. But the the plexi mode on Echo Boy sounds very different than that plexi plugin I mentioned. The other one I use is like the tube delay, which is very saturated. And then there's the the memory man as well. I think I mentioned that that one's cool. It gets more lo-fi as it goes. I feel like uh, like on the repeats, which don't really use that for a slap, but that's coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. First thing is uh, yeah, the slap delay. Try and get that living just perfectly. Totally. And and I wanted to add one thing because people might be wondering when to use a stereo slap and a mono slap. So when I'm doing the Elvis thing, it's typically a mono slap for me. Might mm-hmm. not be, might not always be the case, but oftentimes. But even with the subtle slap delay, just for space, basically, I use sometimes use a mono one. And that depends on how focused I want the center to be. If there, if I want, usually I'm going for the stereo one, but sometimes I want a very clear separation between the sides and the center. So I want all of my vocal stuff be very, very focused and in the center. And in that case, I might not even use any reverb or anything that makes it wide. I want the guitars way out and on the sides and the the, the vocals very focused in the center. That's a certain sound that I sometimes want just for one part maybe or so. And in that case... I'm just creating depth in the center, like, and I just use yeah. one one repeat behind the vocal, and I don't do anything on the sides. But in most cases, it helps the vocal sit better if it's like if it's got a little bit of stereo information from the two different delays left and right. So it's just yeah. a again being intentional and and knowing. For me, it's like how how focused do I want the center to be, and it is do I intentionally want a very mono vocal or not? Basically, yeah, which can make a huge impact and. You know, this, the kind of stuff to bring it back to tracking versus mixing. When we're tracking, we're probably not writing in like automation to have a stereo delay come in for the course. We've kind of just got it up to the set and forget point. And then that's the kind of stuff we do in the mix is like, you know, decide if a, something wide comes in at one part of the song, vice versa. But what we want is kind of like the general vibe. So yeah, if you chose a you're doing the tracking and you set up a mono slap and that that's kind of like great then in the mix you might bring in the stereo one for the course or whatever kind of thing like it's there's you can't have all of you can't get everything figured out you get as much figured out as you can while you're going but ultimately there's going to be more to be done so having the the plugins just sitting there so you can like audition and be like okay that's cool but we can't have it on while they're trying to sing this quiet verse or something just mute it mm-hmm. out keep it handy it's available it's uh, it's going to save you time yep one little trick there I, I know we should avoid going down these rabbit holes but it just made me think of one thing uh, when you said like we can't have the, the reverb on in this quiet part there's one trick that i sometimes do that helps with that and like yeah i, I have to do less work if i do that and that is, I compress my vocals pretty heavily, as we talked about mm-hmm. before, and YouTube, you do too. So I think. So um, what I sometimes do is I'll do, I duplicate the vocal, or I, I'd use the compression on my vocal bus or on a vocal master track and leave the actual track alone. 
but I feed the reverb or any effect from the uncompressed track. And what that does is the vocal, the dry, the dry vocal without effects, um, without the reverb, will be consistent mm-hmm. and very compressed. But the reverb level will change based on how loud the singer sings because it's coming from the uncompressed track. So when the voice is quiet in a verse, the the reverb is also going to be a lot quieter. And when they start to sing louder or start to yell or go up or belt or whatever, the reverb will also explode in a way. And this kind of helps me um, make the reverb sit a little better or like open up naturally when it gets loud, but n- not get in the way so much when it's quiet. When I feed the reverb off the compressed vocal track, it's kind of always there, even in the quieter parts, I feel like. And so that is something that ha- that can help with that. Just a side note. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a great tip, really. It's uh, pretty advanced and I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, so but what it means basically is that the reverb follows the natural dynamics, but the vocals not anymore. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. So, yeah. It, it's very clever. So, okay. So we've got our slap delay. Yeah. We, we've got our, uh, and then I, I'm trying to go through it like it, as we would in our process. Then say that's all done. You love it. What's your next step? Then do you look at reverb or do you look at a longer delay? Or something else? I usually look at reverb next, but it's pretty much at the same time. I try to compare the two. I try to audition a couple of things, and I try a longer, re- more obvious reverb like as an effect. And I also try another delay, but then that this time it's not a, st- a slap delay, but it's an actual mostly stereo delay with just more repeats. So it's might be quarter notes on one side and eighth notes on the other side or something like that as a starting point with the feedback turned up a little. So it's not just one like reflection, one echo, but it's like multiple and yeah. um I, I try to i usually audition both real quick and then decide if i want to use the reverb or the delay or both or sometimes i use the delay but feed it into a little bit of reverb to make it sit behind the vocal that can also yeah. be something where the vocal is dry but the delay might go into a bit of reverb because otherwise the yeah. delay might be too upfront compared to the lead vocal so this could be a thing so i com- usually do that i compare the two and as i said the reverb is the the plate as a standard go to but in some cases i might use something different and for delay it's going to be some more characterful thing in that case so it's i'm not reaching for the digital delay in this case i'm reaching for some sort of tape delay or something that has that even is a bit modulated maybe so that it's not a an exact eighth note or quarter note i like to have a little bit of of shuffle or swing in there with the echo boy or i like to modulate it a little bit or i try to i don't know i just kind of don't like the very static rhythmic sound if it's just eighth notes and quarter notes i like it to be a little different and a little bit weird sounding or have like i don't know what it is it's it just sits better to me, and it's it kind of feels weird. With the exception of a couple of parts, it kind of feels like... I don't even know how to explain that. It can al- almost sound a little funny if it's like exactly on the beat all the time and always the same sort uh, of um, feedback. I don't, I don't really like that. I like it to differ a little bit and maybe even change over time as the feedback gets longer. I don't know. That's hard to describe, but that's that's what I try to do. Something <laughs> more characterful there. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm kind of similar. I'm reaching for... I, I, I usually go from the slap to a longer delay just to see if there's like a mm-hmm. timing-based thing that is going to be pretty instrumental in the song. And, and that can be a really wow factor for the artist as well. It's like, oh, I hadn't really like thought of what if those gaps were filled with a vocal delay kind of stuff. So when that works, it's magical. But it doesn't always work. <laughs> and Okay, so that's different though from what I do probably. Okay, okay, we'll get to that. So because the one that I do yeah. almost yeah, because the one that I do I use is more is almost sounding like a reverb. It doesn't really sound like a delay that's filling the gaps. It's like a little more lush than that. A little it's a delay, so it's not a reverb, but it's not like obvious repeats oftentimes. Echo. 
Yeah, no, I don't think mine necessarily is either because it's so down, but it's kind of just there. (laughs) Uh, I I mean, it depends how loud I go with it kind of thing. But but there's like, it, it can be pretty busy without being busy, I think, sometimes with the right song. So, it, it, but longer than the slap and, and feedback up a little bit kind of thing. And I'm usually trying to find a way to like muddy it with either reverb or, or enough saturation and like high cut to make it really not like take away from the understanding the lead vocal, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and then that, like that's again, something I prefer over reverb. So I'd rather have that rather than like my longer plate happening kind of thing yeah, me too. Um, as, as a focus. But it's it's kind of an experimentation and that's the beauty again of having these auxes set up i just turn it up turn it down grab the reverb turn it up turn it down and just like play with those levels and see what i like and i'm thinking now benny of you having your faders set up in front of you and how awesome that must be to just be able to grab your different auxes with different fingers and manipulate that rather than a mouse that's uh, now i've got gear envy <laughs> yeah yep that's that's really awesome to be honest um totally that's Part, like balancing decisions like that are the reason why I got this controller in the first place. It's, it's like, no yeah, doubt. not so much the automation, but like the, the, yeah, being able to balance it just by ear with the finger on the fader is pretty cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. Lucky guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm thinking, do you have certain times as starting points that you use or is it like, is it actually a note value sort of that you choose for the delay or is it just a certain amount of milliseconds or is it um, like, how, um, what, how do you go about that? Yeah, it, the delay? Uh, it, it just is set to uh, it's set to eighth notes tempo mapped or or tempo locked, so it just like automatically syncs to the BPM of the session. Um, mm-hmm. And then, but that's only because I decided to choose something, and I feel like eighths is a good starting point. Um, I always end up tweaking it uh, as I'm fooling around with it, just to see and like kind of you know you listen and you have a rough idea of what you might want to try. So I just grab it quickly and and, and mess around. I've thought about having a bunch of auxes with them like labeled like quarter note, eighth note, mm. dotted, whatever, and and just being able to do it that way. But I I don't like having too many tracks sitting there, yeah. <laughs> so I just prefer to have like the the one my my long delay aux, and I just grab that and and play with it. Definitely, I, I do the same. But I created presets in Echo Boy that I can p- quickly audition against each other. So I don't nice. like to set up the delay every single time. I have presets for like these things, like quarter notes, eighth notes, then the, the mixed things, where it's like quarters on one side, eight notes on the other side, stuff like that. I have presets for that for sure, because yeah, it just takes too long to set up Echo Boy from scratch every single time for me. Yeah, there's a there's one disadvantage to that though, is that it. You can't have it like lock some of the settings. So say I get the like level or like the um, the feedback how I want it for that song, mm-hmm. and then you grab a, a preset, it's going to reset the feedback to whatever was saved on that preset. You know, where yeah. if I just manipulate the the timing, mm-hmm. that's the only yeah. reason I don't do it that that way. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it would the, be good to have some starting points. Yeah. I think there's yeah, a, a middle ground. <laughs> exactly, and it's quick enough to just. Uh, change the the thing from from eight notes to eighth notes to quarter notes. So, I guess you're right. Maybe just have one one preset as a starting point, and then you can tweak the feedback and the value from there. I have still one question in mind. You set eighth notes as a starting point, which means eighth notes on both sides, and you spread it by manipulating the two sides differently, or you use a preset that does that basically. Because if technically, if you have eighth notes on both sides, it would be a mono delay unless there's some thing going on to make Difference. it different it it's actually built into echo boy under the hood there's a width knob yeah which 
does it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I just I know, uh, but so I, just, I, I just wanted I just to, to yeah, I just wanted you to say that for the audience because not everybody might be yep, aware. Yeah, no, so it makes you sense. That. Yeah. Okay, so it is stereo. Exactly. It's not just exactly. an eighth delay uh, in the middle. Yeah, no, it, it is stereo. Yeah. Yep, you're correct. Cool. Um, cool. And you could do it by manually just making the two, the left and right, different with the timing controls. There, you can just go to dual mode and, and do that. But yeah, the width, the width mode does it in a way that I find sounding really good. Just just grabbing the width knob mm-hmm. and playing with that. Awesome. Now, do you use a mono delay two in your template? And if so, why? Like, different from the slap one? Not usually. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that I usually do. Uh, I Not that I haven't, but I don't have it built into my template at this point. Do think, you? Yes, but... Um, so I have a question then about, about that. What do you use for delay throws where it's like an obvious delay, like not a... Um, like not this uh, manipulated depth yep. thing that sort of replaces uh, reverb, but like an obvious delay where you hear delay throws to fill in some gaps. It's probably not on during the whole song, but maybe no. throughout a certain part or or just on certain words. Um, what do you yep. use there? Is there something in your template to do that? Like a just a yeah, a mono delay yes. throw, or, or might might be stereo. I don't know. I, I tend to keep it stereo still, um, okay. but I I have another Echo Boy track that is just called Echo. Uh, <laughs> just <laughs> V underscore echo and it's just always been that way for me that's probably been the, the longest standing thing in any of my templates and it's echo boy set to pretty ridiculously noticeable settings and and I turn that up and I play with it and, and look for those throws to work and then more likely than not I don't end up using that though I actually like to then prefer to find like say say it's half note delay so that that tends to work out really well in like modern rock courses and stuff like that. If that's a go, I'll often like throw, then grab a plugin that maybe it's that plugin or maybe it's like plexi tape or, or something more noticeable, more colored. Throw that right on the end of the the vocal track, my lead vocal. So it's after all of the effects and everything, and is right on there. And then I commit that track. And that's my new delay throw track. It's like printed. I can see where they are. It's 100% wet, wet is what I've committed mm-hmm. here. And I just mute out sections and then manipulate them as I need. I find that workflow just works for me. Rather than trying to like ride the levels up for these delay throws, I just print a totally delayed track and then cut and edit the audio as, a, as audio clips. I can just delete this. I, I don't have to worry about riding the fader around it. Stuff like that. That's a great workaround, actually. I have a workaround for that, too, but it's completely different. Um, but the same reason. Um, but that's actually great what you do because you can see them and you can manipulate them more accurately. You could even cut out like a harsh S or something or like you could, yeah, if you see the waveform, I can see that work pretty well because, you yeah, you can have exactly the amount of throws that you want and stuff like that. That's cool. Um, what what I do is I have a track for the delay throws with um, a certain preset on there as a starting point. And I have an empty audio track below my lead vocal track that has like that's just feeding, that has the delay plugin on it on 100% wet. And whenever I want uh-huh. a delay throw, I just cut out the word that I want for that from the actual lead vocal track and move it down to the delay track. Uh, and then I only have awesome. to delay on that one word. And that Love works. That's, uh, yep. You still have control over what exactly is getting fed into the, the delay. But I have to tweak the, the feedback quite a bit to in order to get the amount of throws exactly right and stuff. Whereas with your approach, mm-hmm. I could, you could actually see how many you have and stuff like that. So... Yeah, yeah, but there's there's a lot of perks to yours because if I get it wrong, I have to recommit that section yeah. or or yeah. something like that. Um, and because I haven't only dragged down some words, sometimes there's overlap from the phrase before on the line that I'm finding works really well, and then I have to recommit that. Your way, I like that. I think that's 
that's going to be my new thing. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. This you can awesome, do it a couple of different ways. You can either move down the entire thing and, and have a dry wet balance there, or you can just copy it over and have it all to on wet basically. And yeah. yeah, and then you can decide if you want the delay track to be with the vocal processing or without it. So less compressed or whatever. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. All right. This is awesome. We're learning new things here. <laughs> yeah, ex exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, cool. so okay, we do that. But the difference between you and I is that I use, and I find that interesting, I use a, a mono delay almost always to that, and you do the delay throws in stereo too, basically. Generally, yeah, generally. Um, should try And uh, yeah, it just never really crossed my mind to go mono there, but maybe uh, maybe I'll give it a shot, see what I think. I don't, I don't even know why I do it mono. It just made sense to me that it's a mono vocal, and if I want the delay, it's just a, a mono repeat of that, but why not do it stereo? Mm -hmm. Like, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, I think we both think you're right. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's going to yeah. gel more into the background probably if it's stereo, but if it's mono, yes. it's going to seem more like a lead vocal. I don't know. There's, but yeah, obviously pros and cons. And I both, probably but have I kind of like the idea yeah. of setting it up as mono and then just using like a doubler to make it wide yeah. if I wanted to. That would yeah. be just as good. Hey friend, this is Benedict from the selfrecordingband.com and if you are producing your own songs, I have a question for you. Do you ever listen to your music and feel like something is just off? Maybe the drums sound weak, or the guitar tone bothers you, maybe the vocals don't really cut through the mix, or the whole thing just doesn't sound finished and professional, but you can't really put your finger on it. I know you want to release big, punchy, professional sounding songs, right? The type of authentic, unique art that connects with your audience on a deep level. But you're just not sure what's missing with your recordings. Somehow you just can't connect all the dots. And I get it, the amount of things to learn and all the conflicting information out there can be really overwhelming. Especially if you're a lone wolf trying to figure it all out on your own, right? Now here's the good news. Whether you've been self-recording for years or you're just setting up your first home studio, I want to offer you my personal one-on-one -on -one help. As long as you are determined to put in the work, I'm offering a limited amount of free one-on-one -on -one coaching calls with me. On this hour-long call, We'll dive deep into your recordings and create a personalized roadmap for you to finally solve the issues you're struggling with so that you can release music that you'll be proud of forever. If you are ready to see and believe that it's actually possible to achieve your goals and make the records you've always wanted to make, then go to theselfrecordingband.com slash call and apply for one of my limited coaching spots. I can assure you that making exciting and successful DIY records is very doable. We've done it. Lots of other people have done it. You can do it as well. Talk soon. TheSelfRecordingBand.com slash call. Yeah, I was about to say, I think that's what I've done sometimes because sometimes the mono doesn't work and then I just spread it some other way. Um, <laughs> yeah. Ah, okay. Do you use any other types of delays before we go to the next category here? Typically. I not, mean, sometimes you probably Not in do, my but... template. No, okay, yeah. no. Like, if, if there's anything else, it's kind of like... A, Per song basis, I'm going to just, you know, make a new bus or, or throw it right on the track, whatever, just to get that character happening. But there's nothing else that's just sitting there. Okay. And then one more question, uh, just to, to sum up the whole delay reverb conversation. Um, there's one thing I forgot when we were talking about reverbs. Do you use, is it almost always this plate for you or like one or the, or the other, like the even tight or the plate? Or is it, do you use something like a, a hall or a room or any other type of reverb on vocals in your template or uh, often? So, so the plate is in the template. 
But if it doesn't work, I just change the modes to what I think would work and experiment there on that same thing. It'll still just be called plate. I usually don't even relabel it because I just know that's my reverb track pretty much. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, so hall, yeah, is a, a common one. There's a, what's it called? I think it's called tiled room. <laughs> Something yeah. like that uh, is another one I quite like. So, so yeah, I do that. And then the maybe one that is worth mentioning that isn't doesn't live in my template but it's the uad um capital uh studios echo chamber thing like that that's nothing else does that that i found Mm -hmm. it's super unique sounding and when it's right it's right so that one gets a honorary mention i think (laughs) well any rooms or irs or something more like realistic or something you use instead of the slap delay for that reason or something or the not not on vocals i don't think ever Cool, cool. Not that you couldn't just, yeah, just have yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. so it's pretty much the same for me. The, the plate is more of an obvious effect to me. It, it doesn't sound like a, um, like a subtle rooms type of thing. It is an effect. It is a reverb tail and it, it has a, a, a sort of a presence to it. Um, that mm-hmm. is part of what I like about it. But sometimes I want a reverb tail that's just a little more subtle or just blends better or is less sibilant. And in that case, I switch to a hall often. I find like a... A typical like jazz hall preset on a on a lexicon verb or something like that. That sounds really smooth, um, not very sibilant, pretty dark. It, it blends well. It's like it, it has a reverb tail, but it's like very yeah, very smooth, not too exciting sounding. Which is sometimes what I want. This is what I would use also for um, acoustic instruments sometimes, where I want to like yeah, make it sound like a concert hall or something. And I sometimes use that on vocals if there's a, a pretty quiet part where I want like really lush. Um, rich sounding vocals with a tail, but without the reverb getting all the attention, basically. So when when I want the you know the length and the ambience and all of it, but I want it behind the vocals. Sometimes the hall works better than the plate for me, just because the plate is too obvious in a way or too too much of yeah. an effect. So in the, those cases, I like the the chess hall setting or just a medium hall or something like that. And then very rarely I use a small hall or a room even. When uh, sometimes half the situation where all of the instruments are tracked in the same room and the band wants a fair amount of that room sound, but for they, they chose a more dry spot or something for the vocal or everything has room mics except the vocal and they want that to, to sound more like in the same room as the rest of the band. Then I try okay. to find an IR or something that sounds similar to what they used and all the other stuff and put that on the vocal. But I won't do that in the loud parts mostly, but sometimes there is like a quiet part or a bridge where, where there's just one guitar and the vocalist alone, and then they want it to sound like somebody's like a couple of feet away from the mic or something and in the room right. with the band sort of. And if I want that, I kind of have to push the vocal back with an IR or something. These are This is yep. why I have it in that my template sense. because I have that sometimes. But to be honest, I wouldn't even have to have that in the template because it's not the, the norm for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that makes sense. I think okay. the only thing left for me, anyways, after uh, vocals and delay, would be uh, like a stereo spreader or doubler kind of plugin. Yeah. And I, for the longest time, and it's actually still there. I've had Waves Doubler sitting there, and I've just got like the the sides spread out and the the center muted, um, so that it doesn't have that dry signal in it when I feed it. And and that's uh, I, I got that Billy Decker <laughs> took that one, uh, but I. I haven't used it in ages. I found myself just reverting to using uh, MicroShift right on the the vocal bus. Don't know why, really. On the just, vocal bus, that's, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Because um, I, I feed it into a stereo bus already, just in case mm-hmm. I want to use stereo plugins there. Um, and so I, that's where I do it. And yeah, I, uh, 
I, I guess, and actually worth worth mentioning, it, on that vocal bus is also where I'm feeding the plugins. So if I do it there, my stereo spread vocal is being fed to my reverbs and stuff like that. Mm. So, so yeah, curious. Just something I found that has been working for me. I like mm-hmm. the 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 stereo spread or micro shift to be on on the track there rather than on a bus. Again, though, I don't know if I would. I, I I don't know if I'd call my use of micro shift as a doubler, though. <laughs> it's yeah, never yeah. used enough to sound like a doubler. It's just uh, it just makes it sit in the mix more. I think. Yeah. And then for actual doubles, I use I use Nectar Three. Have you ever used that by Ozone? No, I know it, but I've never used it. No, the doubler is super cool. It's really? uh, it's a doubler, but you can Ooh. set the doubles to be harmonies or octaves or whatever instead. Um, so it's also like a harmony engine. It's uh, very cool. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, no, I, I I've used not much other than uh, MicroShift to be honest. I've maybe tried a couple of different ones, but I always end up using MicroShift for that reason. Sometimes even just the the little MicroShift because I don't even need the three different yeah. types. I just need the MicroShift whatever it does under the Dolby hood. Dolby is great. Um, Dolby great. Yeah, and uh, so I use it differently, but I guess I achieve a similar thing in a way because it's also not a doubler for me. It's just to add, yeah, to make it sit better, to add a little bit of width. Um, if I want doubles, I just make the band track doubles or, yeah, yeah. sometimes that's, that's not possible and I have to create fake doubles, but usually I have doubles and don't need to create them but uh, the thing is i use microshift on the doubles most of the time so what oftentimes yes. happens is that bands send me a lead vocal and one double for example but i want the double to be stereo and in that case i might not put it on the lead vocal but i might put it on the doubled vocal and i might even t- put it on 100 wet so that i don't even yep. have a mono double anymore i just have the, the spread out double basically and that turns the mono into a stereo double that, that's what i do a lot yep. of times actually and I don't put it on the vocal bus because I want to have I want to be able to decide if I want the micro shift on my lead vocals or on the uh, doubles or on the harmonies or on other backing vocals. And usually, I send all of those to the micro shift in varying degrees. I might send a little bit of it from the lead vocal, sometimes nothing. I might do uh, like a lot of it from the doubles. I might do a bit of it on some harmonies but none on like backing vocals that just come from one side and have to be pretty mono or something. You know, it kind of changes. Um, so I have it on an aux and uh, I send, yeah, different amounts of everything to that aux. And 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 in some cases, I also put it on the, the double track, as I said, and turn it all the way yes. to wet if I want to create the fake yeah. stereo thing. So that that's how I use it, basically. So just to, to spread out things and to make it a little fuller uh, and also to create a difference, I guess, between the very focused mono lead vocal and the other stuff because it makes it sink into the mix a little more it spreads it out a bit and that creates a more depth and more of a difference between the lead vocal and whatever is behind that to me so totally yeah okay you gotta try nectar three buddy uh, okay cool <laughs> it's yeah, cool. Uh, f- for that purpose we'll of do. like they sent they sent a mono double um mm-hmm. and you're like ah i wish you gave me two but we don't have time now we gotta mix this thing nectar three is the answer it just cool. it uh it's it's so well. I've I've actually found many times now that I prefer this like artificial double. I throw it right on the track, hundred percent wet, and manipulate it. However, pretty fun interface, honestly. Uh, and it uh, it's like oh yeah, I like this more somehow than uh, having the real doubles. <laughs> it just it uh, it's got a different sound. It's not every time, but like sometimes it's like oh this is just perfect. So try that. I find it. For rather than like micro shift, it, it does the job really, really well. Cool. 
Really cool. Do you think, I, I think I need to go to get into the isotope plugins more anyways. I'm one of the very few people on this planet, I think, in this industry who haven't used a lot of them. I, I know uh, RX, uh, I used to clean, it, to clean up things all the time. But I'm still on mm -hmm. RX7, I think, uh, or so. Yep. And I um, I use a couple of their things, but like I've, I've never been big into like Ozone or any of that. But Ozone. but I, I know that they are all amazing. And uh, so I'm wondering, now that they also offer the subscription, which is actually pretty affordable for, for the crazy amount of, of like amazing tools that they have. So I wonder if it might be worth just to just get the subscri subscription for a month or two, check out all their stuff and then decide what I want to keep or maybe stick with the subscription. I, I, at some point, I still I think I have to do that because people keep on telling me amazing things about the Isotope plugins <laughs> and I haven't used a lot of them. A lot. Yeah, worth, yeah. worth trying out for sure. Um, I, I do think, you know, like Nectar is essentially, Nectar and they've got one more, Neutron, are kind of built for people looking for all-in-one plugins, which generally, I, like, I don't really vibe with. I'd prefer to have my one compressor plugin, then my EQ plugin, and then, you know, like my, my doubler as a different plugin. I don't want them all living in one plugin window. But for songwriters, I could see this being really nice. <laughs> Just having everything there. Um, so it's good stuff. Maybe we'll we'll nerd out on this more off the podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and again, we <laughs> this is the thing we always tell people to not buy gear, and then we talk about what gear we should yeah. buy. <laughs> Totally. Sorry. But yeah, everyone. it doesn't make it like you can do all of the things that we said today. Uh, a lot of the things you can do with stock plugins, the the whole widening totally. micro shift thing. I don't know if that's possible with, with the stock plugins you have, but reverbs and delays for Probably. sure. And there's no yep. like to get into this and to learn the basics of what we just talked about today. You could totally do all of that with the, the stock plugins for sure. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about a couple of things that I have in my template, and maybe you do too, That, but I never really use. <laughs> so because to me, it's like reverb, delay, the micro shift thing, and then different variations of all of those. Uh, those are the ones that I basically always use. But then I have things in my template that I think that I thought would be a good idea to have, but I, if I'm honest, I almost never use them. But a lot of people do. So for example, I have a chorus in there. I have a flanger yeah. in there. I have um, yeah. a kind of like... The whole category of like modulation effects, um, I have those in my template, but I very, very rarely use those. So might be because of the genre that I'm in, or I don't know. But like a, instead of a chorus, I just like to play around with the micro shift more. Or yeah, I don't know. And also things like a flanger or phaser. Like there's the odd part where I want something like that, of course, when when bands ask for that, or when I just think it's a good idea and I, I come up with something creative. But it's not something that I do on all of my vocals, like. You know, yeah. if you watch mix tutorials, by especially by like older mixers that came up on consoles or were mixing in the eighties, nineties, they always use like flangers and choruses and stuff. And some of them still do today. But I, I don't know. I never, I never really do that. A lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's pretty rare, pretty rare. And I, I definitely don't have them living in my uh, my template for sure. I don't. Um, I just in those cases end up making one, which I guess is slower, but it also doesn't take up space for all of the times I don't use them, you know, so yeah. it's fine. But uh, that all said, you know, just because Benny and I don't get our results with them doesn't mean that it might not be like exactly what you're looking for. You should experiment and, and see what effects you like. And then if they're right for you, build them into your own template. Absolutely. And it might be totally genre specific. Some genres just need a chorus on the vocal, for example, or I don't know, like do whatever, whatever fits your, your style and what you're going for, of course. Yeah, so the only thing left that I do use, though, and this is a different category of effects, but it still lives in my effects folder and on an aux, 
And this is of a vocal crush bus, which is not oh. necessarily just compression, because I said we wouldn't want to talk about compression. It's not just parallel compression, but it's actually different flavors of vocal distortion and kind of weird things that I have ready to go if I need them, that I just know what they sound like. And I have things like the Devil Lock, for example. The Suntoys Devil Lock is a favorite of mine. I have a decapitator there. I have a couple of things to destroy the vocal and then blend that back in with the dry vocal, basically. And some of them, I even have, like, there's a couple of cool plugins by, oh, what is the company? It comes with the Plugin Alliance subscription to me. Um, it's called, is it called Unfiltered Audio? Is that the company? Maybe. I, think I don't so. think I have anything of theirs. Um, yeah. They're called, like, they're all in the Plugin Alliance bundle. They have really cool plugins where they let you distort things but then similar to you could do that with saturn i guess because then you can like modulate the distortion and you can combine multiple modules of different distortion and like you have these virtual patch cables that you can use to feed one into the other and create feedback and modulations and stuff like that i think with saturn you can do a similar thing and uh so i have that and i i have some some just presets built there that I like that are creative that I can use and blend in with the vocal or use exclusively for one part all the way up or something like that. So I have this vocal crush bus that has five or six completely different flavors on that vocal crush, uh, on that bus, um, or on that effects track, that aux, I should say. And um, yeah, if I, if I want a certain type of lo-fi sound or a certain type of distortion or a certain type of weird thing that I came up with once, I kind of added to... To that list, and I can pick and choose from those and uh, like blend that in. I don't know if you have something. That's like cool. That no, too. I don't. I don't have anything like that. Um, I use distortions on my vocals all the time, but I don't have a crush built like bus built up. Um, maybe that's something for me to experiment with too. Could be a fun way to do it. Yeah, it's definitely fun. Like the, the standard distortion or drive that I use on my vocals it is on the track itself, um, typically. But like the really crazy stuff lives on that on that parallel thing, and I just keep adding to that list. Basically, every time I come up with something cool, I just move it there, and then I, it's ready to go. So Awesome. Yeah, that's fun. Very yeah. cool. Okay, anything else? that we miss something? Because that's pretty much it. And I use all of these things. Not all of them, but this, the things I use in tracking are from that list, basically. Yes. So when I track Same them and not mix them, I might reach for the stereo slap and a reverb, or the stereo slap plus a longer delay or something. And that's pretty much it. Sometimes yeah. I, I set up delay throws just because we hear it sort of while we're tracking and then we're like, let's try if that works. And then we keep it in there because it helps the song or makes things feel different. So yeah. it's all ready to go. And it's exactly the same as in my mix template, basically. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. Um, these buses just live there in the, in the session. So they're there if I need them for tracking. They're there if I need them for mixing. They're just my go-tos. Saves a lot of time. Don't have to, you know, get out of the, the listening experience if it's already living there. So... That's why it's important to have them ready. And as a self-recording band, this is only more helpful. You know, for Benny and I, we're mixing different vocalists constantly. So we constantly have to tweak and, and experiment and find, just get it to work with that style and that singer. When it's you, you can really find like your magic sauce <laughs> that yeah. like, routinely works for you. Um, so if you're setting up your own vocal chain, it, this is like extra worth the time to experiment and get it ready and just always there for you it's like here's my go-to chain i know it i love it awesome absolutely totally one last question malcolm is there anything you had in your template that like once or something that you've been using for a while that you don't use anymore or that just doesn't work for you anymore or that you found a better way of doing or something i don't know something like that has that changed a lot over the years anything you remember i had more throws set up at one time but again, they were just kind of cluttering things up. 
So, and I changed how I, I went about that. So they're gone. And then I did have one like crazy effects track, which was like, I was using Echo Boy into Crystallizer and then into like Valhalla Verb. And Crystallizer is like a delayer that also does pitch modulation and splicing stuff. And so like essentially a delay would feed it and then get detuned and get all weird and reverbed. And I was like, oh, this sounds so cool. But of course, it was useful for the one time I made it <laughs> and never again. <laughs> so it's just way too much. So that got deleted out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so not not really. Uh, and I guess like there's the doubler. I mentioned that there's that doubler, Waves doubler sitting on a bus. And I usually don't end up using that anymore. So it hasn't been deleted yet, but it, it, it's just not my go-to anymore. Okay. Okay. Yeah, what about you? No, but I should change it. That's why I was asking because I have all these redundant things in my template that I never really use. So maybe yeah. I should just make a leaner template and get rid of some of the stuff. That's it's why it nice. got me thinking about this uh, this question. No, I haven't really. I, I changed the plugins on those auxes, but the auxes themselves change, didn't change much over the years, I think. Right. But yeah. I, I'm, it's time. maybe it's time for a cleanup there or for like rearranging stuff. Because what I also do is I find myself using a certain aux track and then immediately changing the plugin or changing the preset because I don't use it anymore. So I should probably update my template so I don't have to do these things all over again all the time. So yeah, no, that's yep. the only thing. It's kind of the same, but the tools sometimes change and there's a lot of stuff I don't use anymore that's still in there, like the flanger chorus and that sort of thing. That makes sense. I, uh, I'm i sure I'm forgetting something, honestly. So maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe next episode when it comes comes to me, I'll, I'll mention it as a, a little add-on but uh but like honestly i think that's a lot of yeah. a lot of ammo to get started with totally let's just say even if we forgot something if you only had the things that we mentioned this episode oh, yes. you overkill. could create a killer mix so yeah. overkill yeah <laughs> yeah all right cool i really hope that helped and uh yeah let, let us know if you have any questions maybe uh, we didn't cover something that you would have been interested in and uh, in that case send an email to podcast at the self-recordingband.com or a comment in the Facebook community uh, when I post the episode. Just comment below and let us know your follow-up questions to that. You can always go there by going to theselfrecordingband.com slash community. And uh, yeah, see you in there. See you there. Bye. Talk to you next week. Hey friend, thanks again for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this one, just know that this is just a tiny fraction, a small taste of what we can actually do to help you completely transform your recordings and mixes forever. If you are really serious about your music, if you want to reach your goals as a self-recording artist, then please apply now for the Self-Recording Syndicate, our coaching program that takes you from where you are to being able to completely independently produce and release exciting sounding music forever. If you join that program, you're going to be part of a very, very passionate, dedicated, committed group of self-recording artists from all around the world. And you're going to get a roadmap, guidance, feedback, personal access to me and the team. We're going to do everything, literally everything we can to help you make the best recordings you can possibly make and it all starts with a free first call, completely free, no strings attached, best case scenario. We're going to end up working together and we're going to completely transform the way your music sounds. Worst case scenario, you're going to get an hour of free coaching and an action plan that you can then take and implement on your own. So if that sounds interesting to you, get started now with your first completely free call by going to theselfrecordingband.com slash call or just click the link in the show notes. See you next week.